Welcome to Stage Door Sessions by Broadway Direct. In this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with Broadway's brightest, bringing you what's new, what's noteworthy, and what's coming next to a stage near you. I'm your host, Elisa Gardner, and today we're speaking with you from the Tony Award nominees press reception, where some of those brightest and most noteworthy artists have gathered on a two-show day, no doubt running on sheer adrenaline here, to uh, talk about their work, the season, and being tapped by Tony as the big night approaches. In this episode, we have some of this year's Tony-nominated choreographers speak to us about their inspiration and how they worked within their creative teams to bring all the right moves to their productions. We are here with Camille A. Brown, the fabulous choreographer, who is up this year for Choir Boy, which is a play. You are the one choreographer nominated this year uh, for for working on a play. Tell us about uh, the particular challenges of that. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. And um, I think one of the challenges for me was that the play uh, already had a life before I came onto the team. And it is already a, it was already a beloved show uh so i didn't want to mess it up uh and i wanted to make sure that m- i supported trip coleman's vision and terrell avon mccraney's vision to the best of my ability uh, but i have to say they created an amazing uplifting space for me to share my experiences and my ideas And so uh, that challenge that I thought was there was actually opened up and it made a space for uh, discovery in the best of ways. Was the movement in the show as fully developed when you came on board? I'd imagine that it was not. And you... No, I wanted to... Well, I, I hadn't seen the show because when it was in Lincoln Center, it sold out. So I wasn't able to see it. Um, and even though I knew it was about um, a, qu- a choir and choir boy and 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 young men singing, uh, that can mean anything. So the when I heard and saw and read that Tal Tal um, Terrell had incorporated spirituals inside of it, uh, and listening to all of the men sing, immediately I started thinking about South African gumboot and a uh, step. And I felt like those two dance, social dance forms were connecting the past to the present and then also helping us to look at the future. So that's how I incorporated it inside of the piece. Yeah, this, this show has meant so many things to, to people. Um, it, it, touches on issues from faith to racism to homophobia and also just coming of age and coming into your own and having the courage to be who you are. Right. Um, have you gotten feedback from audience members or did the show resonate with you personally on, on that level? Well, yes, I definitely got feedback from everyone, especially about the step. <laughs> and they were so excited to see that. And I was so happy that that they saw that and knew what that was. And I was honoring uh, HBCUs and the power of uh, at the African diaspora and the dance of, of the tradition. Uh, for me, it meant a tremendous deal because it was an opportunity for young black men to show the authenticity of themselves. And when I think 
about the past and what what black performers of the past had to do in terms of minstrelsy, putting on blackface in order to perform. And now we are in a space where black men can be on stage and showcase who they are unapologetically. That for me was uh, very special. Well, thank you so much for, for stopping by to chat with us and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We're here today with David Newman, who is up for his choreography in the most nominated show of the season, Hadestown. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, This is a musical that speaks to our times in ways that probably could not have been imagined back when the show was first conceived. How long have you been with the show, by the way? Um, I've been with it since the very, very beginning. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I've been on the whole ride. So more than a decade, right? Uh, Back from the shows in Vermont? No, no, actually not from there. Not from Vermont, but the first ones in New York. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, So it's been through different iterations since then. How how has that affected your choreography? Well, there's some, um, some significant changes that have happened. For one, we added uh, an ensemble and uh, an ensemble of workers uh, that both reflect the world above ground and and the dire conditions below ground in Hadestown. Mm. Um, and we started working with the ensemble when we were in Canada and then in London, we expanded it even a little bit more. And now we're back down to five for the Broadway production. Right. Yeah. 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 The uh, the chorus and the fates that all plays a big part in this production, which gives yeah. you a lot of wonderful stuff to work with. Um, as I mentioned, it, it addresses our times, not just in political overtones of a song like Why We Build the Wall, but in generally addressing the redeeming power of love, I think, um, and how it can help us cross great divides without seeming too corny about it. Um, Have you found yourself thinking about that, especially as you're reading the news or watching the show? Absolutely. I mean, I think throughout the process, we've found that the show has a certain universality to it, and it also can speak very directly to our times. Um, This sense of divisiveness that is happening in our culture specifically is um, it isn't something we addressed uh, uh, sort of literally or directly, but it's there. Um, the divides that happen between people can separate us and alienate us. And, you know, in the end, all we have is one another. We just yeah. have each other. Yeah. And so it has a way of bringing huge ideas, ancient stories, large political ideas, philosophical ideas, and all of those high-minded things down to some very human level experiences like love, hope, um, desire, tragedy. And, and, um, you know, it, it weaves them together with this extraordinary score. And, uh, you know, and I think that's how people connect to it and why it feels topical. Right. There are these political overtones, but then, you know, you fall in love again, you're, you're asked to consider who you're sitting next to in a way oh, yeah. in the audience. You know? That's very true. Um, and uh, there is a, a bit of a concert element to it as well. At one point, one of the characters introduces the band members. So the fourth wall is down. Um, what, what 
sort of challenges did that present or opportunities maybe I should say did that present as a choreographer? Um, these are great. I love I love being able to admit that everyone's in the same room, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. that that fits with the nature of the the piece. You know, the the the, the emotional you know underpinnings of the work. Um, we always intended it to be somewhat of a concert. It, it its source is is concert. Its source is musical. It's a bunch of people hanging around around a fire making music together, essentially, which is a very ancient thing that humans have done. And so we wanted to keep some element of that and allow everyone to fall, sort of slip into the story without uh, drawing too much attention to fourth wall or no fourth wall. Right, we, we, right. we, we look at the audience all the time because we're yeah. all we're in this world together is, is, the, is yeah. the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's really a beautiful piece. And, uh, and we appreciate your stopping by for a minute. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thanks so much. Take care. It's a pleasure. On Stage Door Sessions, we're so happy to feature a wide range of the amazing shows playing on Broadway right now. There's truly something for everyone. But with so many options for buying Broadway tickets, it can get very confusing. Broadway Direct makes it simple. We will always direct you to the official source for tickets. Whether you're trying to decide on the best show for you or you know exactly what you want to see, we're able to get you the information you need to get the best seats at the best prices with the best customer service on Broadway. And with our insider access, we're able to bring you the latest Broadway news, behind-the-scenes stories, backstage videos, and expert tips to help you find your next show. From navigating ticketing to your in-theater experience to keeping you connected to Broadway after the curtain comes down, we're here with one mission, to make your Broadway experience the best it can be. Buy tickets, get news, and explore all things Broadway at broadwaydirect.com. We are here today with Dennis Jones, who is up for choreographing Tootsie. Congratulations. Thank you so much. People are just loving this show. And I'm thinking it must be, must have just been so much fun to work. You are correct. Yeah, it was, it was great fun. Uh, You know, uh, David and Robert have written such a hilarious show and we've been so blessed to have uh, this incredible company of actors who are just each and every one of them is so very funny in their own right that as you can imagine, just the rehearsal process itself was a delight every day. And, you know, under the direction of Scott Ellis, who's like one of the most joyful people I've met, uh, clearly it was uh, it was a good time. Yeah, and he was quite busy during this process. He was <laughs> juggling a yes. few shows. No, he's it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, he he was uh, able to to balance the two of them. I think with um, great dexterity, and uh, you know we never felt uh, you know ignored. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a busy guy. Now I know that this show was uh, adapted, obviously, from a beloved film, but they they brought it to the present. Yes, which I would think, as a choreographer, um, anybody involved creatively would involve also um, amending it somehow, making it speak to a contemporary audience. Yes, uh, no, I, I think they've done a, a really nice job, uh, you know, in, in updating it uh, and and making it. Uh, something for, for today's audience, but also what was a, I believe a a really smart decision was to take it out of the world of soap operas and put it into the world of Broadway. Um, so that, you know, the, the kind of the world that the character of Michael Dorsey inhabits is that of Broadway shows. So just in a very meta way, it's great for a 
Broadway choreographer to uh-huh. be creating choreography that is meant to be for Broadway shows within the show. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm um, thinking like, now yes. I hadn't even thought of that, but what <laughs> yeah. would you have done for soap opera? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That yeah. Yes, that would have been quite different. No, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm very excited about it. And, you know, what's fun too is, you know, part of the the story of Tootsie the Musical is, you know, that, that you know, Dorothy Michaels gets cast in this musical that's actually terrible. And the, it's sort of what she inspires with Within the company and within the writers and the producer and stuff is is a, a much better version of that show. Uh, so it's fun to kind of play with that show within a show and say, okay, what's the bad version of this moment? And then what's the good version of this moment? It's fun. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Another thing that was striking about it is, is in updating it, you obviously address um, certain issues, women's concerns, yeah. particularly um, as we look at them today. Um, did that impact your choreography in terms of either for the women on stage or for the character of Dorothy Michaels. Well, I don't know that it necessarily impacted the choreography, but what I would say is, you know, one of the very earliest sessions that I had with Santino Fontana was, you know, putting him in a pair of heels and putting him in a corset and putting him in a dress and, and just spending some time and kind of learning what that feels like and just how that impacts the way you, you move around. Um, you know, part of the storytelling is that, you know, it's not that Michael Dorsey, becomes Dorothy Michaels so that he can, you know, audition for the Rockettes. Do you know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not important that it's something that he immediately masters. Uh, and we see the kind of the journey of Dorothy a little bit, kind of learning what it is to, to walk in those shoes. Um, so it's, you know, he's, he's a bit clumsy at the, at the, at the jump. Um, but but you know what also is it's an interesting thing to discover is, you know, there's no way that women walk or that men walk. It's not I didn't want, want to impose upon him, uh, you know, sort of a, a language of movement as if to say this is what women do, uh, because, you know, I know a lot of women and I know a lot of women who move very differently. I know a lot of men and a lot of men move differently. So it's really not about that. It's just saying, OK, what is it like? in these shoes, in this dress, in this corset. Um, and I think he's just done an amazing job. He's incredible. Oh, he sure is. Yeah. yeah. And that's a great point you make. There are many ways to walk a million miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would never say, okay, this is, this is what women, how women walk down the street. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and my congratulations pleasure. again. Thank you. Thank you. So nice being here. We are here with Sergio Trujillo, who was one of 12 nominations, who has one of 12 nominations for Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, um, which is the first thing I thought of when I saw this show was, oh, my God, what was the audition process like? Because you have accumulated such a team of amazingly talented singers and dancers. I mean, real triple threats, um, actors as well. Um what was it like, you know, building on the legacy of this incredible group? There's not a there's not a better performance group, I think, in in R and B and in pop music, and yet you brought a very contemporary energy to that. Yeah, I mean, I think that thus far in my career, I think this is the the biggest challenge, choreographic challenge for me, because you know I had to live up to the to the legend that is the Temptations, not only because of their music, but because they're also known for their moves, and so. When, you know, when, when I knew that I was going to choreograph the 
this show, for me, it was important to look at it through the lens of today because I wanted, first of first off, what I wanted to do is I also wanted to make sure people who know the temptations, for them to connect to them and say, oh, I remember that kind of, but then somebody like a younger audience for able to be able to see them and say, wow, they're so cool. They're so hip. They're so funky. And so it, for me, it was figuring out exactly like, you know, take all of the influences of dance in the last 50, 60 years and figure out a way of creating also something that that choreographically works for our show because the narrative has I have to be really specific you know I can't just be a selfish choreographer and think well I think this is a cool move I also have to service the story the moments the characters when you know when they're in a performance you know the, the real temptations is slightly different because in our show we're actually telling the autobiographical story of who they are, all the the sacrifices they went to, all of those life, all of those light, uh, life life moments that are important to capture on stage, and, and you know, and you have to translate that in, in choreography. So, you know, that was that was it, it was a lot. It was a lot, but but nonetheless, the music is timeless. And how can you not dance to that music? So whenever I got into the studio to choreograph, I was so carefree. Yeah, yeah, and you get that sense. I mean, you have this. The smoothness, you know, that's the word everybody thinks of with the temps. Um, but also this this electricity you brought to it, which is very much I, I saw as, as a very modern kind of feel. Um, how did you find these these amazingly talented guys? How did you get down to this group? Well, first of all, thank you for, for the compliment. You know, so the, the audition process was probably one of the most thrilling audition process that I've, that I've ever had. Um, so about 10 years ago when we were auditioning, even longer than that, for 12 years ago when we were auditioning for Memphis, you know, to find African-American male actors was challenging at times that were, able, that were able to do sing, act, and dance. But the last 15 years, there's been this growth, this resurgence, this this amazing, amazing crop of really gifted male and female African-American actors that can do it all. And it just seems like, so the audition process was probably more, one of the most humbling moments because I had third, the final callback, I had 30 incredible actors who can really sing and really, really act. And, um, and it was just, a, it's a, it was beauty to watch. And they were all really supportive of each other. So the, the, the cast that we ended up with is, you know, the cream of the crop. And for me, on a personal level, um, um, Ephraim Sykes, I hired when uh, he was 20 years old and he was in the cast of Memphis. Derek Baskins was, was also in the cast of Memphis. Jeremy Pope, I worked with before. Uh, James Harkness has been in three or four of my shows. So, and then there's the other, the rest of the cast. And so for me, it's been a real personal, really, really joyful experience. And for me to watch these, these wonderful men, these wonderful, talented men become these characters has been absolutely, absolutely captivating. Yeah. And the audience feedback. I know when I was there, uh, it was a standing ovation, like the second the curtain came down, um, which is even in today's uh, environment that's not always the case that must be thrilling as well well you know in the end by the the proof proof of it is always the audience because you know that's why we do what we do right i mean you know i i i am passionate about what i do we are passionate about what we do that the rest of the team um you know we, we felt we felt we had a responsibility because it is a real story because it is a real story because it is about otis williams that you know that we had this pressure to make sure that we did justice to the entire to the to the legend of the temptations yeah and i think the audience is connecting to it on a really human spiritual level yeah clearly they are well thank you again so much and congratulations on this latest nomination thank you so much <laughs> my pleasure thank you for for having me We are here 
this morning with Warren Carlyle, who is up for his choreography for Kiss Me Kate, uh, one of Broadway's hottest choreographers, who last year did Hello Dolly, recently uh, Me and My Girl for, um, for Encores, which was just so joyful. And uh, we all love that. Uh, doing Kiss Me Kate, this was a, a version of the show that was both very faithful to the spirit of the show. And also, I'd read that Amanda Green did a little, as she put it, delicate surgery with it so that it was was resonant and, and relevant in our in our time. Uh, addressing that as a choreographer, how did that impact what you did? Yeah, I mean, I, I approached it with great equality, actually. If the men danced, then the women danced better. You know, there's this great kind of, within Kiss Me Kate, there's this wonderful battle of the sexes, which I really enjoyed. I used it as a theme in every single number. I used that as kind of an organizing principle. But, you know, led by Kelly O'Hara, the women were never going to be in a secondary position in that show. Ever, ever, ever. So between Kelly O'Hara and Amanda Green and the wonderful director, Scott Ellis, you know, the, the women were really well cared for. And the point of view of a woman was really well cared for. And I did the same choreographically. The women have a very strong point of view. In Cantiamo, the grape dance, they're, they're, they're celebrated as these kind of goddesses of the harvest. Um, all the women dancers in the show are extremely strong. Um, and I thought about it a lot. When I was choreographing, I thought about the woman's point of view a great deal. Yeah. And we see a side of Kelly O'Hara in this show that we don't always see as as marvelous as she is. And she can do pretty much anything, but she's so playful and funny and sexy. Um, you know, getting getting to that side, that must have been a lot of fun. I mean, it's amazing watching Kelly. I've worked with Kelly before. I had the pleasure before, but her physical, her physical work in the show is unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, she's incredible in Kiss Me Kate. The voice is astounding. I think there isn't another voice like it. There just isn't. It doesn't exist in our generation. Um, she's a fine, fine actress. Boy, is she truthful. Boy, is she truthful. Every single, you believe every single word out of her mouth. And then all of the antics, you know, all of this physical comedy that's just, just wild and wildly entertaining. She's really surprising. She's, she's worth the price of a ticket. She is incredible. And Will Chase as well. He told us that you work the actors. He didn't say you specifically, but he said that it's a lot of hard work. I it's think. A, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. And I, I'm a believer in hard work. I love working hard. Um, but there's something about dance and movement in particular that, that repetition really helps. It really helps. That good old fashioned muscle memory or again, 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 just it, it just helps. Yeah. And bringing this this music, this wonderful Cole Porter music that's that's decades old uh, into our current day also, you know, there was a lot of there were a lot of contemporary uh, references in the in the production numbers. And so balancing all that must have also been exciting. Yeah. And I, you know, I love, I love doing revivals of shows. I really love it. I, I love celebrating what came before, but truthfully, I'm making theater for today. You know, I'm making theater for today's audiences. So it has to be through a very contemporary lens, whatever I'm doing, I'm looking at Taming of the Shrew, but I'm looking at it through a 2019 lens you know, for our, for our generation, theatre for us. Yeah, that's right. Not just Cole Porter, Shakespeare. Right, <laughs> he right. And what a, a crazy combo that is. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no one better than Cole Porter. What an incredible score, what incredible music, what incredible lyrics. And then set against this classic Shakespeare tale. It's really fun. Well, thank you so much. And congratulations on being up for your second Tony. Thank you very much. So don't forget to tune into the Tony Awards, which will be airing live on Sunday, June 9th at 8, 7 central on CBS. 
This podcast is produced by Broadway Direct and the Niederlander Organization with Iris Chan, Glenn Halcom, Erin Provosnik-Wagner, and hosted and produced by me, Elisa Gardner. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on Broadway.